Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. Um, at the time of recording now, you'll be hearing this roughly a week after we uploaded the original, or the pilot three episodes, if you'd have it, and we are overwhelmed by the support that we've received from, from all over the place. Um, not only locally, um, but from other places and, and we've got feedback from folks and, and positive feedback folks that just found us out of the blue. And, and the goal of this podcast is we've said not only to reach people and to give them the gospel, but also to encourage what's already there. And I, my heart is overjoyed, uh, with the support. Um, we do want to apologize, um, us doing this where we're not editing and we're not, um, you know, cutting and pasting and re-recording and everything like that, um, caused us to have a little glitch in the sound and we're trying to work it out and it might take an episode or two, uh, to get it worked out because I can't really tell what the sound sounds like until I get it uploaded, uh, the best cause of the way everything's set up here and I've got to unplug a bunch of stuff and everything else if I want to hear it. Uh, the way you guys hear it. So keep giving us feedback. If the sound gets better, then uh, we'll leave it the way it is, not try to change it anymore. Um, but right now we're trying something a little bit different, hoping it'll work. Um, and we also want to say this before we get into everything. We've been asked by a bunch of folk um, how you can help the podcast. Right now, um, there's nothing really that you can do to help us um, except for this. Number one, pray for us. Um, right now, we're in 22 states in the United States. We're also in uh, France, Mexico, the United Kingdom. We're in Jordan. We're in Mexico and Ireland. So we're, we're getting out to other places. And, and how that happens is the algorithm shifts as time goes on, more people listen, and it reaches other places. So the best thing you can do for us right now to help us and to help this grow and to help the gospel get out is... Wherever you listen to this podcast, follow it, and then if it gives you the option to like the podcast, to rate the podcast, like it, rate it, leave us a comment, whatever, and also, please, please, please follow us on Facebook, because here before long, we're going to use Facebook as a way to communicate with the people that follow the podcast to kind of get some ideas and and some other things, and, and we've got some really interesting things planned for you. Uh, but nevertheless, here we are, episode four. We're going to jump back into it, and hopefully um, you'll enjoy this a, as much as as I do um, and as I did studying and planning this and everything. But number one, I want to start by saying this. You cannot preach salvation without preaching sin or teaching salvation without teaching sin. And you can't talk about salvation without talking about heaven and hell. Um, there is not enough time to cover heaven and hell together, so we've split the two up. Um, today's episode is going to be called The Wide Highway. And we're going to be talking about the very real place called hell. Um, and next week, we'll be talking about heaven. And I heard these words one time, and they stuck out to me, and it made it almost very imperative and important to me that I share this with you and, and 
especially share this episode. There was a man preaching one time, and he said when he was under conviction, and the Lord was dealing with him to be saved, he was sitting in church, and the preacher stood up, and he preached on heaven, and he preached on hell like he believed it was a real place, and like he believed people were actually going there. Um, it stuck with me. It burned in my heart, singed in my heart with, an hot, with a hot iron, and honestly, I've made that my goal is to whenever I preach heaven and whenever I preach hell and whenever I talk about it and and all these things that I preach and teach about heaven and hell like I really believe those are real places because I can sit here and I can tell you something and I cannot be invested in it but if I really believe it and really get invested then maybe just maybe folks that haven't believed before might see something in it and and that's not just for me but for every one of us, when we talk about these subjects, let's talk like we really, really believe that people are going there, that we believe it's a real place. If you're saved by the grace of God and believe you're going to heaven and believe you escaped hell, then really, when you talk about it, talk about it like you really, really believe it, and it'll make a difference. But let's go ahead and jump into some of the fun facts, I guess, and I want us to think about this in 1979, it was a time of pet rocks, mood rings, and bell-bottom jeans. You might have be found, or you might be found telling your friend to have a coke and smile. That was one of the uh, popular sayings of the day. And while children were excited to see the debut of the new Scooby-Doo episode with the new staple character Scrappy-Doo, moms were excited about the new Black and Decker. Dustbuster, the cordless vacuum. Well, Grayson, what does this have to do with any of this? I just want us to put ourselves in 1979 for just a second. And here you've got all these fun things going on. 70s was a great time to be alive. And then on July 27th, the rock band ACDC released one of their more well-known well songs, Highway to Hell. The title is often attributed... As a phrase, ACDC guitarist Angus Young used to describe touring in America. There is a much more literal explanation. However, Highway to Hell was the nickname for the Canning Highway in Australia. It runs from where lead singer Bon Scott lived in Fremantle and ends at a pub called The Raffles, which was a big rock and roll drinking hole in the 1970s. As Canning Highway gets close to the pub, it dips down into a steep decline, and this is where they got the line. No stop signs, speed limits, nobody going to slow me down. So many people were killed by driving fast over that intersection at the top of the hill on the way for a good night out that it was called the Highway to Hell. So there were so many people that were they would hit that hill, they had... They'd boot scoot and boogie on down that hill and put the pedal to the metal and they'd go as fast as they could so that they could partake in this bar, partake in, in the rock and roll lifestyle. That And they were so many people killed that way that it literally received the nickname Highway to Hell. Now you look and in 2008, the state widened the Katy Freeway, Texas, widened the Katy Freeway in Houston, 
the $2.8 billion expansion of I-10 West of Houston, known as the Katy Freeway, took it up to 26 lanes. So this went from, I believe it was 18 lanes all the way up to 26. All right, now, now make a mental note of this. China had, has a 50-lane highway. It's called the Highway G4. It's in Beijing. North America's busiest highway is Ontario's Kings Highway 401 as it passes through Toronto carrying almost half a million people per day. Near Pearson International Airport, the road is 18 lanes wide. Now, I know that you're asking what all of these have in common. They were all an attempt in lessening traffic. Now, you think about it, they've got an influx of traffic, bumper-to-bumper traffic jams. What are they going to do? They're going to widen the highway. They're going to put some things in that maybe try to change the direction and the flow of traffic. But traffic is like a gas. It expands to fill the space provided. You put gas into a... uh, You just take a balloon, for instance. A balloon is made out of a stretchy material. And you begin to blow on it, and you begin to blow into that balloon. The balloon, of course, will expand to allow for the gas going in it. But if you were to take and blow air into a bottle you wouldn't expand the bottle, but the air that you're blowing into it, the oxygen, the gas, if you'd have it, that you're blowing into it, expands, fills up the bottle, and there you are. You're, you're left with a, a full bottle of expanded gas of some sort. Now, civil engineers have known for decades that the fundamental rule of road congestion is this. Adding capacity doesn't reduce traffic in the long term. This is the economic phenomenon called induced demand. Providing more of a free resource, in this case free freeway lanes, highway lanes, will inspire more demand to fill it. After the widening of the Katy Freeway, morning and evening travel times along the route actually increased by 30 and 55%. So you're looking at this and they're they're expanding this thinking, hey, this is going to fix this problem. This is going to work on this. This is going to uh, maybe help our commute. Well, you widen it. You add more lanes. You you do all that you need to do. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants to drive that new road. Well, now the traffic jams won't be as bad. What happens? Everybody who didn't drive it before are now going to drive it. And you've got even worse traffic jams. And people are all heading and it's in the same direction, bumper to bumper, clogged up. You've all seen the picture of the highway in China. Bumper to bumper, car after car after car after car after car. Just honking at each other in the videos, everything else. To me, it seems like a traffic nightmare. And I know every one of you are thinking, what does this have to do with anything in the Bible? Here we are, we've talked about pet rocks and scrappy do and ACDC and them singing Highway to Hell, and now we've talked about three huge highways in the world. But let's get into the meat. The Bible says in Matthew seven thirteen, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. The word way in this passage comes from the Hebrew word, Hodos, 
and I don't speak Hebrew, so I hope that I said that right, which means road. So the word hodos means road. So it's saying here, and broad is the road that leadeth to destruction. Here's where we can tie all these things together. The road to hell is a wide highway, and it's paved with good intentions, and it leads to destruction, pain, and agony for eternity. As time goes by, sin is more easily accessible today than ever. As more venues for sin open the highway, or, or as more venues for sin open, the highway is widened. More and more people hop on the highway every single day just trying to get through life faster. And before they know it, their life is over and they've wasted it away with sin and they've sent themselves to hell. You look at things that now you can you can find sin anywhere. We're living in a day where, you know, if you want to become an alcoholic, well, there's a liquor store on every corner. If you want to smoke dope, get on drugs, it's not that hard to find anymore. If you want to waste your life away with all manner of things, it's so, so easy to get to. And if you are lost and without God and have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've hopped on the highway. You were on the highway from the day you were born. And the more avenues that for sin that come out, the more things that, that come out. In, in the year 2023, I believe we're seeing more things that are contrary to the Word of God and more things that are sin coming about. And sin is now easier to get to, and all that's doing as time goes on is widening that highway, wider, 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 and wider, and wider. And now you've got millions of people filling it up. It's it's opening up, and you would think, well, man, maybe there won't be as many people funneling into it. There's more of a traffic jam on the highway to hell today than there ever has been. Now, what is hell? Grayson, you've told us we don't want to go there. What is it? To me, this is one of the most scary things to talk about, to preach about, to teach about, to tell someone about, because I know I'm not going there, but my heart begins to break and I begin to shake and my stomach gets in knots anytime I think that somebody I might know and love might be going there. I may not know everybody listening to this podcast, but I want to tell you that I love you. And the reason I have, in the last two episodes, talked about sin and salvation, and the reason I keep talking about salvation and you knowing Jesus Christ is because I love you. And I want you to be saved. Jesus Christ put a love in my heart the day that he saved me that made me not want to sit back and see anybody go to hell, but it made me want to get a busload up to go with me. So let's answer your question, what is hell? The Bible says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. When once the master of the house is risen up, and hath shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without, and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not, whence ye are, 
Then shall you begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our street. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping, listen to this, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out, and they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. There's going to come a day where you've stayed on this fast track, on the highway to hell, You've went, and some folks even, and and we forgot to mention this a second ago. Some folks even, they take and they absorb themselves in sin to escape whatever troubles they have in life. I've got an answer that's better than that. You can get away from that sin, and you can depend on Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to tell you that your life is ever going to get better. But what I am going to tell you is these problems that you have, you don't have to go through them alone. You don't have to have to go to hell and send to, uh, send yourself to hell. You can get off of this highway, trust in Jesus, and you will escape it. But the, the scripture here told us, and, and it said that there's going to come a day, the Lord is going to come back. And he's going to call the church and the saved, born again, children of God. He's going to call them up and then everyone who is not saved will be left here on the earth and hell will be your home. Or you can go by the grave and you can die and go to hell. Now, I know a lot of folks don't like a Bible thumper that that just talks hell, 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 hell. And I promise you, we're going to give you a way of escape. We're not going to, an old preacher said one time, don't ever preach nobody into hell that you're not willing to preach out, out of it or give them a way of escape out of it. But there's going to come a day when the Lord's going to come back and you're going to begin to knock at the door, so to speak. You're going to begin to cry out, Lord, Lord, take me with you. Lord, I want to go. Lord, I, I, I've tried to do good. I've been a a morally good person. I have tried all of these things, and he's going to look at you, and if you do not know him in the free pardon of sin, if you don't know him, like everybody else who's saved by the grace of God knows him, who's born again, who's believed in God, who has a relationship with him, he's going to look at you, and he will tell you that he doesn't know you. You're going to begin to stand there and say, well, Lord, I... I heard about you that that time that things was bad in my life. I said, God, will you help me? A, a lot of people, even atheists, want to sit back and say there is no God. And there's record books and there there's stories of men in Vietnam and men in World War II that were shot and that were in pain and agony. And they'd begin to cry out to God and say, God, help me. Men that were professed atheists didn't believe that there was even a God anywhere. Begin to cry out and say, Lord, save me from this death. Save me from this. And there's going to come a day where if you don't accept Jesus Christ, you'll be crying out unto him and saying, God, take me with you. God, why are you turning your back on me? Lord, please but he's not going to know you. 
the Bible said that in hell there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we all know what weeping is. We there's I'm not going to say that every one of us has weeped, but there's been a time we've been around somebody who has. Weeping pains me to my soul when I hear someone actually weep. When they begin to cry and wail because they've lost a loved one. When they begin to say that I can't handle this, I cannot take this, I cannot take it anymore. And they wail, or when somebody wails in pain and weeps, tears streaming out of their eyes, crying, screaming. The Bible also says there'll be gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth means the striking of teeth together in pain. I remember a movie that I liked growing up. Growing up, I liked watching westerns. And me and my dad would sit there and would watch them together. And there was one that uh, I believe it's Tom Elliott was in. Tom Elliott. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott was in and it was the quick and the dead. And he got shot. And they was going to go take a big knife and they was going to dig that bullet out of his leg. And they started digging that bullet out of his leg and what they'd done was they took and they put a stick in his mouth and he bit down on that stick as hard as he could to try to get away from the pain. And that's what they would do back in the old days. Like instead of being, instead of having some great painkiller, if they didn't have any kind of painkiller, they would... They give you something to gnaw on. You put your teeth in it and you you bite down on it. That's what hell's going to be. There's going to be pain there. Suffering, agony. We'll get to to why there's going to be pain there, but there is. And to escape it, you're going to take and you're going to want to grab anything that you can and bear your teeth down on it and grit your teeth on that thing and bite down. You may grab hold of somebody that's there with you and bite down on them. Somebody might even bite down on you. These are parts of the pains and the agony and the suffering that's going to be in hell. And we're going to try to tell you what the Bible says that hell's going to be. You look in Mark chapter 9 in the 47th and 48th verse. It said, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter in into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So this verse is telling us and is, is speaking to us and maybe is explaining to us that if there is something about you that is sinful, if there is something about you that is got sin in it, get rid of it. It's better to take, and if your eye is chasing after things that it should not be, if your hands are 
or taking things that it should not take. The Bible said it's better for you to cut cut it off because it's better to have that one little finger going to hell than your entire body, than your soul. Now, I want us to think of it like this. Your soul is in a sin-sick condition. And we've told you briefly what sin was. And you can't escape it. But the only thing that you can do is call on Jesus. And Jesus can take that sin-sick heart and he can mold it and make it into something new. And he can use the blood that he shed on Calvary. Because of that blood he shed on Calvary, he can wash you white as snow. Now, growing up, I always wondered this, and I had heard this preached. Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Well, the fire is not quenched is, is a better you know, thing that we can grasp. We can all think of a fire that refuses to go out that is terribly hot. and I'm sure that every one of us at some point in time has been burnt in some way. And I want you to think right now about the worst time that you ever got burnt. For me, I had a pressure washer turn over on my leg. And the exhaust caught the back of my calf. And it burned an imprint of that exhaust into my leg. And it whelped up and had blisters on it and everything else. And it was so painful that if air touched it, it would hurt. If fabric touched it, it would hurt. If anything happened to it, it would hurt. If I accidentally bumped it. And it took what seemed like forever to get better. And it was very painful. But even that little burn from an exhaust on a pressure washer is, is nothing to what hell's going to be like. Because not only are you going to be burnt and burning, but that pain you received from from the burn and the burning is going to be burnt because heat's getting close to it. When you burn yourself and you get heat close to it again, you can feel that burn. And, and you're going to constantly be burning. And I, I under, kind of understood that as a child and even growing up. I, um, It made sense. But I never understood where the worm dieth not. Now, in most places when we're referring... We want to explain this to you. We happened up on this and, and found it, and we want to share with you what we found. In most places, when we're referring to hell, we're referring to hell in Greek. And it's a word, Gehenna. Now, the traditional explanation explanation of the word Gehenna is that it was a burning rubbish heap in the valley of Hinnom. It was south of Jerusalem, and it gave rise to a fiery Gehenna of judgment. And that, that's what they began to call it back then, was a fiery Gehenna of judgment. And in this loathsome valley where... In the valley of Hinnom, fires were kept burning perpetually to consume the filth and cadavers thrown into it. So, what we have here is a valley south of Jerusalem 
that people would take and they would throw their trash into. And they would throw bodies and they would throw um, filth of all sorts into this. And that fire remained burning in Gehenna. In the valley of Hinnom. And it would remain burning all the time and you would just go and you would take your trash and you would dump it into this, into this fiery Gehenna. And I just want to say this, and this is what I realized, and and this troubles me. If you choose hell over heaven, if you choose things of the world over Jesus Christ, and I know this is not popular, but if you choose these things over Jesus Christ, and you're thrown into the fiery Gehenna of judgment, or hell, you're basically filth. All this work on this side's been for nothing. Everything that you've ever done has been for nothing. And at that point, it will be thrown away and destroyed. I could do all the good works that I want to do, and I can, I can try my best to do all of these great, grand, and glorious things and and try my very best to really make a good life for me and my future wife and my future kids and generations on down the line. But when it comes to dying, none of that's going to matter. What I've done in, in my life, none of that will matter. All the good times I've had, all the bad times I've had, the good things I've done, the bad things that I've done, none of that will matter. All that matters is that one day, me, you, whoever it is, calls on Jesus Christ to put hell in the simplest way possible. Hell is death, pain, and sadness. We didn't mention this about Gehenna, but when the fire began to die down and and they would go and they would begin to scoop and to scrape underneath the ash, there was a, a worm there that had evolved to live in that great immense heat. And what happens is if, I want you to think about this, if uh, if you go and see roadkill, and you walk up to it and it's been laying there a few days, you're going to find that bugs have came and have laid maggots in it. There's going to be worms in it eating. And anything rotten in death, where worm is and worm is eating on, it stinks. Here's some things about hell that, that according to the Word of God and, and according to what we just told you is going to be there. The smell of death. That awful gut-wrenching smell. Rotting flesh. Maggots. Worms. And that fire is not going to quench. This is why so many people and so many Christians say, I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want you to die and go to this place because... We believe there really is a place called hell and there really is eternal punishment. 
There is a place of eternal death and eternal pain and eternal sadness. This is a generational thing too. If right now I decided that I was going to quit going to church and I was going to quit reading my Bible and I was going to quit being a Christian and I had children and I didn't tell them about God and didn't tell them anything about it, there might be some of my friends that would want to take them to church. Maybe they get saved. But if I never took them to church, what's going to make them want to take their children to church? And if they never stepped foot and nobody ever took them, they'll have no memory of church. They'll they'll have no need to go. They'll have no desire to go. And And as the generations fold on down, they'll grow further away and know less and less about God and the realities of heaven and of hell. And that's what we want to do in this episode is bring a reality to you And we want to give you the bad first, and then we're going to follow up next week with an episode of the good. But this thing's generational. So you take three generations down the line. A mom had never gotten saved. A father had never gotten saved. They had children and grandchildren, and none of them ever got saved. They would all go to hell. I heard Terry Head, a preacher from the area, preach it like this one time. He said, Can you imagine children that had went to hell? Somebody's children. Now, I'm not saying young children. I'm saying every one of us has got a mom and a dad. Whether we know them or whether we don't, we've all had a mom and a dad. And you take me, for instance. Say I was close to my dad. And my dad could fix everything. I remember being little, I would take everything to daddy. Daddy can fix it. Daddy knows how to fix it. And there you are believing that your whole life and you die and you go to hell and you begin to hear your dad screaming, your dad hollering. And next thing you know, You think, maybe my dad, maybe my mother who cradled me could give me some escape from this. Maybe my dad can fix this. And you go to them and you see them and they begin to scream and to cry and to wail. And then here comes the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. And they're in so much pain that all they do is they grab you. And begin to bite down to escape the pain for themselves because they cannot fix it. I can assure you, the only reason I'm telling you this today and the only reason we're talking about this is so that you can escape this place. If you look in the book of Luke, chapter number 16... 19th through the 26th verse. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. 
Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which could not pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us which would come from thence. Now this is a very familiar story to anybody who's read the Bible for any length of time. And Here we have a man by the name of Lazarus who trusted in God, who believed in God, and when he died, he was carried by the angels into a place called Abraham's bosom. But you look at the rich man. The rich man's name was never given. The rich man's, we don't know much about him except that he fared sumptuously every day. He had plenty in life. He had worked so hard for these things, had plenty of money, plenty of food to eat, and that's what he was focused in. Was how good his life was. And when he died, he died and he went to hell. And the torment was so bad that he wanted someone to come, even Lazarus to come from where he was to bring one drop of water to soothe his tongue. That's how much pain he was in. I've been thirsty. You've been thirsty. We've all been thirsty and One drop of water does not satisfy thirst. For me, it makes it worse. And as his heart began to break, and it's maybe further on in this passage of Scripture, he says, send somebody, one of the former prophets, send somebody to my brothers back home so they don't come to this place. Would you send Lazarus to him? Would you, would you let Lazarus go to him and tell him that there's a place called hell and it's real and you don't want to go there? But he couldn't. There's a great gulf fixed. You can't escape hell. Once you're there, you're there forever. And still to this day, The rich man is in hell. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. If this episode scared you today, it should. That's a good thing. Hell is a scary place. I I don't want nobody to go there. I've said it a thousand times and I'm going to keep saying it again. I don't want nobody to go there because it scares even me and I know that I don't have to go there. 
But for you, call on, if you don't know Jesus, call on Jesus Christ so that you don't have to go to this place. Man can only do so much. And because I have a home in heaven, I don't have to worry about hell. If I die tonight, I'm okay. But if you've rejected Jesus Christ and something were to happen to you, this is where you would spend eternity. God doesn't send you to hell. You have a choice. If you don't believe on Jesus Christ, you'll send yourself to hell. I know this is tough and this is harsh, but if you do it, you've done it to yourself. And I wish I could come to you right now and I could give you some magic words that are the secret code to being saved. Secret code to being born again. The secret code to escaping hell. But I can't. But I will tell you this. And we've covered it multiple times already. That with the heart man believeth unto salvation, but with the mouth confession is made. If you have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, the Bible says that the Lord would in no wise turn you away. If you admit with your mouth mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and believe with all thine heart, thou shalt be saved. If you're Somewhere right now listening to this and you feel like that you need to talk to Jesus so that you can escape hell. Bow your head, talk to him wherever you're at. And just be as honest and humble and broken as you can. And just tell the Lord how you feel. Tell the Lord you don't want to go there. That's what I did. Talk to him. He wants to hear from you. I know in in a way, all of this feels like a fairy tale. This feels like something that could be made up. But what have you got to lose? I mean, hey, if all this is made up and is a fairy tale and you've prayed and you've truly believed on Jesus Christ and, and come to find out none of this is relevant at all, and I think we've already said it, but none of this is relevant at all and this is all made up, then you've you've lost nothing. But if you've, if you've escaped hell and gained heaven, you've gained it all, my friend. You've gained Jesus Christ. You've gained a friend that sticketh closer than, the bro- than a brother, the Bible says. I've told you all this and this is going to be one of the harder episodes we ever have. I told you all this because maybe it'll bring not only a sense of urgency to you who may not know Jesus, but also to us who are saved to know and to realize this is a real place. Real people are going there and time is coming to an end. 
The Lord said he comes back like a thief in the night. We don't know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh, and one of these days he's going to come and claim his children. It could be tonight, it could be tomorrow. But we need to be about the Father's business because hell is a real place. Real people are going there, and it's going to take real men, women, boys, and girls to step up and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. He was crucified and died a painful death for you and I to be the supreme sacrifice for our sins. Was laid in the grave. Anybody can die for you. Anybody can. I could die for you. It wouldn't do any good. There's no power in me. I'm not the son of God, but I could die for you. There was only one man that had the power not only to die to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world, but had the power to pick his life back up again. And on the third day, he arose from the grave. He conquered the grave. And he came out victorious over death and hell. The Bible said that he held the keys. There was an angel that held the keys. And Jesus began to speak and would tell them, I believe it's in the book of Revelation, would begin to talk to them and be, and told them, you know, open the bottomless pit. That's hell. You don't have to go there. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, grandmas, grandpas, friends, your loved ones don't have to go there. And if you feel like there's something you can do that would make a difference in their life, that would lead them to Jesus, and you feel like God is leading you in that direction, then you go. Because had somebody not done what God wanted them to do, I would have never gotten saved. We say this to excite a sense of urgency in you. To realize these are the things that we need to focus on now more than anything. Because this is a real issue in real day-to-day life. That's it this time for the Level Ground Podcast. We're kind of going to land the plane here like we always do. And maybe talk to you for just a second. Feel free to like us and on Facebook. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram, levelground.22. Email us, levelgroundpod. 22 at gmail.com you can listen to us on spotify pandora google podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts except for apple music or apple podcast we're trying to get on there best we can but until next time stay grounded my friends